Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by these great companies that are giving us money to let you listen to their stuff. Bullshit, Kyle. We make this show. We make this show. You and me. Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by us. <laughs> Someone's got to pay the bills, Dan, because it's not our trading. <laughs> <laughs> All right, roll them. You are listening to an entertainment program put together by a company called Financial Ineptitude. Anything said on this show is not an endorsement or professional advice. Would you really want to tell a court of law you were suing us because you thought taking financial advice from two idiots on a podcast put out by Financial Ineptitude was a good idea? Really? Clown hats on your face. Well, hello and welcome, everyone. Welcome to the China Shop. Get on inside. Get out of that heat wave. Whew, Kyle, it's hot. I'm Shopkeeper is Dan. <laughs> With me, as always, is this guy I just mentioned, Kyle, creator of FinancialNet2.com. Kyle, it's fucking hot. Is it? <laughs> yeah. I haven't even been outside today. We did our exercises inside this morning because yeah. it was hot. Because <laughs> it's hot. <laughs> Oh, all right. Yeah, get out of that heat. Come on into the shop with us today, folks. Sit back, relax, hedge against that rage machine. We'd love to welcome any new listeners just joining us. We're here smashing our way through a fleet set of fine china, sharing those ever-growing strategies for maximized gains, cutting losses. If you are new to the shop and stock trading in general, you can always check out our knowledge and resource centers on financialnep2.com, or you can give one of our many beginning trading episodes a listen, including the the new one that just dropped with uh, designated quizzers. I thought that was a really good one. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll have all those links in the episode description. But best place to be is uh, come check out our free Discord server. We're on there every day with a bunch of amazing people. Uh, it just keeps growing and getting better and better. It's just a really awesome place to be. Totally free. No paid tiers or special access areas. So uh, yeah, come join us. Ask your questions. We love answering questions. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then then uh, and then and when you do join, slide into Kyle's DMs with uh, your mailing address so we can send you some smash it yourself swag straight from the shop. Speaking of shop. Speaking of shop. We have a shop. What? We have a shop? A shop in the shop? In Shopshin? I sent you a bunch of bunch of merch so you can model it. <laughs> I did. I did take some pictures wearing nothing but the beer koozie, but I was told that they were obscene. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> yes, we've got a shop. Now you can get your free swag, and if that's not enough, you can hop on there and uh order some more really great stuff i i like the big tick energy stickers i got one of those on my car yeah uh i think that'll probably be on a koozie soon too excellent yeah excellent excellent all right kyle uh why don't uh, you give us an update on uh the show news what's our schedule looking like first of all we need to mention that we are recording part two with order flow labs uh this coming week so look for yes. that to be released on the 30th back to the futures two revenge of biff Wait a second. Was that this week or next week? Uh, is it on my calendar? Oh, it was the 21st. Oh, shit. Yeah, next okay. week. Yeah, it is Tuesday yep. coming up. Yeah, this week. Uh, we just finished recording with Joseph Hogue, the host of Let's Talk Money on YouTube. Uh, that episode will be coming out next Wednesday. I'm really excited for that one. That was a really good conversation. Really good. Uh, and the week after that, we'll have Paul Holm, uh, an ex-stockbroker for a major Wall Street firm and two-time best-selling author. After that, we'll have Kyril Asader, he's the CEO of Centerfin, and then Roger Corey, CEO of Market Forecasting Academy. 
couple of CEOs uh, in the mix, like yeah. that. It's been a while. Got some strong guests coming up. That's, that's fantastic. I know, right? I'm always excited for our guests. I, I, I'm, I'm easy to please. All right, folks, <laughs> we have got a recessive, regressive, and just straight up crashing show for you today. I don't even mind the lack of alliteration. You don't? <laughs> because... <laughs> Because the market's crashing so bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's, not, it's not a crash. It's just a z- intensive pullback. Definitely a bear market. Oh, lots of market moving news. Plenty of stocks on the radar and more options than analysts finally admitting we're in a full-blown recession. <laughs> uh, that took forever. Yeah. Like, I don't understand why it takes people uh, like making that decision. Like, is it or isn't it? I mean, it's didn't Anthony tell us like the definition is two quarterly GDP readings that are negative? Yeah. Like, that's pretty cut and dry. <laughs> yeah. It's either negative or positive. Right. <laughs> Uh, reach out to us folks we do love your messages and comments on twitter and facebook uh hop on the discord got the link of that to that in the episode description if you're old school you can send us an email to the number two bulls at financial that's the number two or you can give us a phone call to 725-22-BULLS. Maybe you got a hot stock tip. Maybe you want to tell us about a great trade you just made. Or maybe you're trying to unite a boy with his institutionalized mother while protecting him from a shape-shifting monster robot. It doesn't matter. We just love it when you reach out. Ah, uh, yes. I keep meaning to watch that again. It keeps popping up on my Amazon Prime. <laughs> Such a good movie. Oh, I know what you're talking about. It's just a suggestion. If, if that happened to you, maybe you want to talk about it. <laughs> Hopefully, your institutionalized mother is also really, really good at push-ups and chin-ups and picking locks. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> she still looks good. I love you, Linda Hamilton. <laughs> <All right>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's a listener. Yep. Don't worry. For- forget about it. Don't worry about it. You never know. I'll tag her on the next one. Or we send it out. Tag her on Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, it's time to talk about those bet results. And uh, I didn't lose anything. I made some money. Oh, so I guess I will go first. Uh, I was trying to short uh, Redbox, but the squeeze continued up past my stop loss, even though it did drop. $12. $12.01 it closed at. It got as high as uh, $18? No. $18.20. $18.20. It did get as low at one point. It got as low as $8.90. So I would have been, if I just shorted it without a, without a stop, I think I would have been fine. So you didn't even trigger a trade, right? Because it opened above your stop loss? Yes. Well, I shorted JP Morgan. It opened the week at 116.86 and closed at 113.03. But because I had two entries planned, uh, only half my total got entered. So I made like, what, $8? Hey. Uh, now sitting at 505.67. Nice. Well done. I'll take, I'll take a whatever green um, after this last week. <laughs> it's a, it's <laughs> a rough week, huh? <laughs> yeah. Random had uh, American Outdoor Brands, I think is the name of it. A O U T. Yeah. They opened the week at ten ninety nine and closed at ten dollars even. So now random is sitting at four twenty seventy six. Mm. Looks like random's loosey goosey picking bottoms is finally catching up to him. Thank goodness. I'm, I I forgot to mention my totals at four forty five still. So I'm now ahead of random. Yes. Ah. Ah, I only need <laughs> that's that's all that matters. I only need thirteen or fourteen percent <laughs> to catch up to you. Yeah, that's doable. <laughs> Just go long red box next week. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Ready to move on and talk about some news? I think so. 
Dow drops deep on moving inflation, COVID frustration, war damnation. We're just bringing you the fucking news. You gotta recognize the game if you don't wanna lose. We're just skitty tools trading information. Rioters raiding, insider trading, taxes are raising, bills on the hill. We got a crypto mill. No, they ain't growing weed. When the Fed speaks today, it's some shit we don't need. Sing it, man. Two bulls trading information. What? Two bulls trading information. I'm inclined to agree. Two bulls trading information. That is accurate. Very accurate. What information? Okay. Got any big, big news stories for us, Kyle? I've got two that I really want to talk about, but I feel like we should probably just start with the FOMC and then you can talk about the, uh, the manufacturing. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. Let's do it. So uh, as everyone should know by now, we got the 75 BIP rate hike mm-hmm. on Wednesday. That is the largest in 27 years. Yeah. Uh, that took the Fed's fund rates to a range of 1.5 to 1.75%, which is still below the committee's estimated range of neutral. Uh, and then if we look at the dot plots too, the median estimate uh, year's end rose to 3.375, which means there should be another 1.75 bips of tightening before the year ends. And that's 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 if it all goes to plan. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, you can see in this, in the meeting notes and Powell's statements that uh, it's all about inflation right now. And if that should be obvious because of... Um, Biden's stepping away from the Fed and be like, they've got it. They got this. <laughs> um, after Biden putting all that out, then yeah, this is going to be their their number one priority at this point. Uh, so the 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 last word that we had was seventy five bips was not on the table. But after the inflation report we got last week, uh, I think that's pretty much what basically made them uh, uh, take the drastic measures of going with the seventy five instead of the fifty. There was one person who dissented. That was Esther George. Uh, she was in favor of the 50-point pip, but was the only one. <laughs> only one out of the whole, was it 12 of them? <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to see the uh, the balance sheet, what they're planning on doing there. Uh, they did begin declining this month and will continue to do so for the foreseeable future. Uh, the reserve is now allowing for up to $30 billion worth of treasury securities to roll off the balance sheet each month from June through August. Also, $17.5 billion worth of mortgage-backed securities to roll off. Uh, then the FOMC's plan is to increase the size of the monthly caps to 60 and $35 billion respectively, beginning in September, and maintain the monthly caps at those levels for an indefinite period of time. It sounds like they're still not actively selling off assets yet, but I don't think that's completely off the table. Uh, they're just letting their, all their assets expire at this point. Uh, Powell did make it clear that the 75 BIP rate hikes are not expected to be common. But another one could come in July, depending on how data evolves over the next six weeks. Uh, Once again, Powell did reiterate, too, that they need to see compelling evidence that inflation is rolling over before it feels comfortable taking the foot off the brakes. Uh, There was another thing in the statement that was notable, and that was the removal of the expectation of seeing inflation below 2% through 24. So now no committee member thinks that's possible anymore. So the inflation looks like it's going to be in for the long haul. That's what it looks like. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't see any way forward different that they could do. 
right? Like what the back's against the wall at this point. I mean, unless they invent time travel and go back and start earlier. <laughs> right. Right. I guess, I guess we could just be like, all right, that dollar's done. We're just uh, doing dollar 2.0 <laughs> starting over. <laughs> just do a brick and Morty reset. Like I know, right. This currency is now worth two of itself. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that quite works like that, but uh, I don't know. I don't know, man. What was the, uh, the economic data? Oh, the manufacturing output? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, well, and, and it does go hand in hand with what you're talking about with the Fed stuff. So not only is uh, uh, manufacturing output declining since January uh, following the news of the retail sales also dropping, mm-hmm. it, uh, it doesn't look good as the dollar, as the interest rates go up and create a stronger dollar, it means that uh, United States goods are more expensive abroad. So things yeah. like a weakness in manufacturing, I think it is the, the article says our capacity is a 79% output. It's it's lowering because nobody can afford to buy what we're making, right? <laughs> right. Because well, they jacked the prices up because there is no materials available. So now that there's more than enough materials available, are they going to start dropping prices? Doubtful. That's supposed to work. Doubtful. Yeah. Doesn't seem to with gas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We've got record profits. Oh, it's just because of inflation. I mean, that's that's why. It's inflation. That's why we're making so much goddamn money on this oil. I mean, didn't crude oil drop like crazy uh, today? Yeah. Let's see. It did. It's The price of crude is crashing, but not at the pump. No, it's not. Uh, that's what I was wondering. Can I get gas for cheaper than $5 now? <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. Yeah, exactly. But that is a good sign. Gas uh, coming down that that should help with because uh, that's the the last key I think to to ease in the the supply chain crunch. Yeah, right. The cost of cost of shipping all the materials needs to come down along with the the, the supply uh, buildup. Yeah, so th- those two together. Hopefully, we start to see some cool in here soon. I sure hope so. I sure hope so. Yeah, me too. Oh well, speaking of oil or natural gas, petroleum products, close enough. Russia is is definitely setting up uh, a a conflict, a greater conflict, let's say, in the with the EU. Uh, the the headline reads on the CNBC article: "Our product, our rules." Russia sends alarm bells ringing over Europe's winter gas supplies. <laughs> kind of hard to argue with them, though. It, right, right. My my initial thought was like, why are why are they they're still selling the gas like? I don't, I don't know. It just seems like, oh, we're in this conflict. They don't have a choice, though. That's, that's their main economy, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's their main export. So, so how, big, how, how worthy is that threat, though? If, if, if it's their main export and you're saying they have to keep selling it. Let's see. Their main exports are wheat and petroleum oils. Yeah. Uh, the EU gets 40% of its gas through Russian pipelines. Uh, Ooh, that is a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, out of every 10 days this winter, four of them, they won't be able to have heat. <laughs> That's not too bad, right? Oh, God damn. No, that is not good. Spre- spread them out. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, They've already kind of turned down the supply on uh, the, their, their Nordstrom 1 pipeline. Yeah. The, sorry, Nord Stream One pipeline uh, from that runs from Russia to Germany under the Baltic Sea, and uh, they they blamed it on Canada not giving back some equipment. Oh. Which, 
they're like, sorry, we had to cut supply. We didn't get the equipment uh, serviced by the German Siemens Energy in Canada. They didn't give us that back, so we had to turn the pipeline down. Whoops. Sorry. <laughs> blame Canada. Do, yeah, blame Canada. Blame Canada. Yeah, they're already up to the shenanigans. Our product, our rules. We don't. We don't play by rules we didn't create. Gazprom CEO Alexei Miller said during a panel session at the St. Petersburg International Economic Forum. How much longer is this Ukraine war going to go on? I, I can't believe that Ukraine has held on as long as they have. Honestly, but is this going to drag on for you know a couple more years? I don't. I don't know. I don't know. It's really. It's really sad to me because I grew up with a very naive idea that if a bad you know post world war 2 with the nato and the un if if a country just invaded another for no good reason that it it would be shut down and that is clearly not the case they said that after world war 1 too that's true yeah with the league of nations <laughs> yeah yeah god where's those shape shifting monster robots to come run the world for us <laughs> that'll solve our problems <laughs> It just put me in the matrix at this point. <laughs> right? Yeah. And then make me lose some weight too while I'm in there. <laughs> All right. Uh, the last story I have is uh, one that was shared with, by Vague Macaroon on our Discord. Mm. It's a story about China. And this one is very interesting. So, uh, in China, all residents have to have this health app, uh, which displays a code indicating their health status, which also includes possible exposure to COVID-19. You know, you get a green code and that's required to use public transport to enter locations like offices, restaurants, malls. But some people, when they went to go check on banks in the central Henan province, because there's, uh, uh some issues with the rural banks having, uh, uh, what was the actual reasoning here? Customers found they couldn't access their online banking services. They tried to go to the banks to get their money back, but they uh, they couldn't get any replies from them. So a lot of these people tried to go travel to the bank to go try to remove their money, you know, uh, in person. Yeah. But a lot of these people are saying that they're uh, suddenly their their app were showing that they had COVID because they were moving outside of their normal areas and getting close to the banks. What? Yeah. That's insanity. A woman surnamed I said shortly after she checked into a hotel in Zhangzhou, she was questioned by a group of police who asked her why she was there. She replied she wished to withdraw money from the bank. Shortly after, she found her health code turned red, even though she had had a negative COVID test return, a test result in the previous 48 hours. She's then immediately taken to a quarantine hotel. Uh, wow. There's over a dozen people who said their codes turned red after they scanned a QR code in the city. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's a big lockdown. That's, that's, oh, wow. I bring that up not because of the dystopian nature of it, but because this really puts in question some of the bank, the banking system in China. Yeah. Because the only reason to do that would be to try to stop a bank run. And the only reason why you try to stop a bank run is if you're expecting one, <laughs> there's a reason for people to want to go and pull all their shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. So you, you think, yeah, you think it's a bank run. You don't think it's just over, over, cautiousness about the covid like if you like just a blanket like if you're gonna move around at all we're gonna just flag you as having covid and lock you down uh no i'm trying to let me get the actual here so there's over a dozen people after they scanned a qr code in that city places like train stations and grocery stores have the qr codes to scan at their entrances so people have to log their presence for contact tracing during the pandemic 
When people are deemed at risk and their codes turn a different color, they indicate restrictions like mandatory quarantines. Mm. So a bank customer said she saw that many people were reporting their health codes had turned red after arriving at this, in the city of the bank itself. Um, Lou uh, is a person who did not go to the city herself, but she tested the code change after others reported it in their shared group chat. Uh, she scanned the QR code from a photo someone had shared in the group, and she found that her health code also turned red. And she didn't even travel. She just scanned the, car- the code. Wow. Okay. Yes. Another bank customer said that he got a red code after scanning in at the train station and was taken immediately into, pe- uh, taken into police custody. After a few hours, uh, a few hours after the police officers made him leave the city, his health code turned back green. Okay, that's, <laughs> yeah, I think you might be right. So, no, this is definitely related to people traveling to the city that their bank is located in. Yeah. And that is definitely concerning. Okay, okay. China is afraid of a bank run. Yes. Wow, and I, I've been reading that, I mean, I guess if you, if you trust them, China had been saying that uh they they had their their banking shit under control that their their inflation wasn't wasn't like everybody else's going crazy well it's easy to control it if nobody can actually touch it there you go (laughs) (laughs) you can't spend your money it just stays the same or (laughs) goes down (laughs) deflation (laughs) because if you do get money it's worth more oh shit he's got some money (laughs) anyway that's all i have for news okay all right, well, whew, you know who doesn't lock you down when you go to the bank? Except your interest rate. <laughs> <laughs> okay, is there, is there a better segue? I don't know. You, you know, Kyle, she might not lock down your travel, but she will lock down your interest rate. I'm talking about two bulls in a china shop being proudly brought to you by Sue Pullen at Fairway Independent Mortgage. An equal housing lender. Sue Pullen is a certified mortgage advisor who focuses on finding the right product for you and your needs. She has over 20 years experience helping thousands of homeowners, whether it's purchasing, refinancing, or even the famous reverse mortgage. Sue will help. She's licensed in 28 states. Maybe growing, maybe not. We'll see. Uh, so reach out and see what <laughs> Sue could do for you. That's the way to reach her is just give her a call at 520-977-7904. Or you can send her an email, spullen at fairwaymc.com. Fairway Independent Mortgage has an MLS number 2289. Sue Pullen has an MLS number 206048. That email again is spullen at fairwaymc.com. And that phone number is 520-977-7904. And Two Bulls in a China Shop is also proud to be affiliated with the Trade Pro Academy. Trade Pro? Trade Pro Academy is the educational platform that offers institutional trader development programs to new and experienced independent traders. Translation, learn to trade like those big institutions that we all hate. Can't beat them. (laughs) Join them. Copy them. (laughs) No, don't join them. Oh, <laughs> uh, they got a great staff of highly knowledgeable and successful traders. No better place that we've found to learn everything you need to know to be that successful trader. Find them online at tradeproacademy.com, or you can just use that affiliate link in the episode description. It's a great way to support the show and improve your own knowledge and skills. And also in that discord is the links for the 10% discount code. Just do not tell George. Don't tell him. Please don't tell him. Yeah. He'll, he'll, he'll ruin, he'll just end the whole affiliate program such a party pooper yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. scrooge mcgeorge scrooge mcgeorge <laughs> <laughs> i 
want to I want to Photoshop a, a top hat and a monocle on George's face now. Nice. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure you could just ask him to take a picture like that. Hey, George, can you uh, give me a Scrooge McDuck? I need a monocle, top hat, nice dress shirt, and no pants, no underwear. We just have to beat him in a bet, Dan. We just have to beat him in a bet. <sighs> okay, all right. Well, well, we need to get our our crack team of interns on on that. Yep. Okay. Uh, well, Trade Pro Academy is awesome, but you know who else is also very amazing and awesome? Yes, I do. Oh. Orderflow Labs? Yes, Orderflow Labs. <laughs> is, they were kind enough to share their toolkit for trading futures on Sierra Charts, Ninja Trader, and Motive Wave with us. Uh, they, they have amazing custom studies for structure and execution. Too many to list, but uh, buy sell zones, reconstructed tape. Dominator signals. I mean, liquidity zones. Amazing stuff. Uh, they got something for everybody. Constantly testing and tweaking and adding new studies and new support. They provide so much help for you, for you to use their tools. It's overwhelming. And we've in fact started our our own futures trading. What's that's the word for something that's recurring and series no yes <laughs> series of podcasts uh, that we're doing with them uh so if you are trading futures do yourself a favor check them out at orderflowlabs.com okay well ready to talk about some stocks yes stock time now it's talk about stocks time looking for setups it's still not advice Fresh news and earnings. All that we're saying is still not advice. Stop time. Please don't sue us. All right, Kyle. I really and and I know we've talked about this months and months ago, but uh, it's it's coming up again. I, I really would like to talk about Amazon for a minute. Okay. They are one of the largest companies by market cap. We all know and either love, hate, or ambivalent. Everybody's aware or has come into contact with Amazon at some point or another. Uh, well, turns out that uh, the, a memo got leaked. The company is running out of people to hire. And that doesn't... <laughs> what, they're too big? That does not mean that they're like, we're so big, there's just no one left to hire. It means that their turnover year over year is so high that they've already hired most people they've already hired fired slash quit most people that are would be eligible to work for them in age and location yeah <laughs> they're just running out of people jeez oh, that's crazy wow right right like do you remember when it was like a you wanted to keep your workers because the cost of training new workers was expensive. <laughs> remember yeah, when worker retention was important, and then you know, now we just live in this era where it's like, yeah, you don't want to work. Well, fuck you. We'll get somebody else in here in two seconds. We we don't care about training costs. Well, they got rid of pensions, and then they completely killed any reason for someone to remain loyal to a company. Yeah. Once the pension plans went away. Then everyone became mercenaries at that point. You just go to the highest payer and then get whatever match you can for your four hundred one k. I uh, I gotta I gotta say I can't think of an example in in American history where like a successful company was just like, well, we gotta go out of business because we went through all the workers. There's no one left to hire. Nobody wants to work for us because we're assholes. <laughs> 
yeah, that's a new one. You think that uh, it's that bad though? Well, I mean, I've I've heard a lot of horror stories. The the people that I've met. Well, I don't mean the the conditions there. We know that's bad, but I mean, you think that you think the outlook is that bad? Well, the the Amazon sure does, according to this leaked memo. What does the memo say? If we continue business as usual, Amazon will deplete the available labor supply in the U.S. network by 2024. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. No. So they really need to get AI going. Yeah, they robots. That's it. That's all they can do. Yeah, that's the answer. Yeah. You can treat robots like shit until but, they it, But that, that's just the crazy <laughs> thing is it's like... <laughs> I don't know how well we're going to do to the transition to a robotic workforce. Uh, it's just going to leave poor people even more poor. Like, I, I doubt, I doubt that your average person that could get a job as like a package sorter at Amazon is is going to be able to be like a robot production servicer. You know? Yeah, and then the transition too is even worse because now you got all this massive equipment that's running on programming <laughs> logic and. Running people over. Right. Oh, it's gonna be fun. <laughs> this futuristic dystopian nightmare. Yeah. Bring it, Amazon. All right. So, what, so what does the stock look like? Oh, it's not looking good now. I we are we are post split. So it went from uh, you know two it the two thousands to uh, the hundreds. Let's see where was the split was. Uh, so twenty for one split. Happened on the 6th. 24-1 on June 6th. So we're 11 days past the split. The split brought it down to 125. Uh, we are now down to 100. Uh, Friday, we closed uh, $106.22. And it looks like, to me, it's closing right on a massive support. Yes, it is. Like, it's basically at pre-COVID highs. Or actually, it's below that, isn't it? There, it had pre-COVID. It did spike up to 109 right, right before... Yeah. Right in February, just just before the so it's below the high, but I would say uh one oh two yep. would be the, the support level. It tagged one oh two fifty one on Friday. I I think if, if Amazon slips under that, which I believe it will, mm -hmm. we 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 could be we could be seeing it get below ninety. Yeah, I've got uh eighty three as like my next big support. Yeah. And even that, I mean, the volume distribution where it's at, I mean, it could easily run down to the bottom of that, uh, down to the 70s. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's it's not looking too too hot, let's put it that way. No. No, it is not. Yeah. Undid, undid every, everything back to... Yeah. I think, and if it gets below 80, it, it's going to be lower than the COVID lows. Right. Kind of, kind of impressive. If it if it does somehow manage to hold here and uh, and bounce off of this level, then there is a gap that looks like it's waiting to be filled around 131, between 131 and 135. But mm -hmm. uh, I mean, it tried right before the split and uh, didn't quite make it. Ugh, I don't know. This one's a tough one. I think maybe watch 130. And if it breaks above that, then maybe get a quick scalp in there as the gap fills up. But I hate to be long anything right now, really. Uh, Yeah. Unless it's a long-term portfolio. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing, <laughs> that's the only thing I would be long on. Uh, anyway, I'm sh I'm totally bearish on Amazon. Uh, I've got uh, Adobe had some really good earnings reports uh, for their Q2 earnings on, I think, Adobe reported uh, today or yesterday, pre-market. Uh, surprise EPS by 1%, uh, about a 1% surprise on the revenue too. So 41 million extra. 
but their guidance was not great. Um, they actually reduced the, uh, revised the uh, the next quarter's forecast uh, downward. And mm. People did not much care for that. Um, does look like it got bought up somewhat to kind of come back in right where it was pre-earnings. Uh, this is going to be one that I kind of want to keep an eye on because and cloud tech, I, I still like it. Uh, this is one of the few sectors I'm still kind of bullish on. Uh, I like seeing a good earnings report with a negative reaction to try to you know, look to, to scoop up some of those shares on a discount and wait for people to fully digest that information. So yeah. this, this might have opportunity for that. I do like the, the buying that came in on Friday. There was quite a bit. Buying was real solid. So I'll be watching this one to see if maybe it can't uh, reverse the, the bearish trend that it's been sitting in. But that would require it to break above $441 a share. It's sitting <laughs> at 360 right now. So I've got it on my watch list, but I'm not taking much action right now. I will say if it drops down to around 300, I'll probably probably just uh, take a long start a position at that point. Adobe at 300, it just feels weird to say. Okay, but yeah, you're right. Wasn't that long ago. Wasn't that long ago it was uh, trading in the three, 200s to 300. Co- COVID lows were in the 200s, right? COVID low was 250, 254. It is also below its COVID high. There's a lot of stocks that are trading below their COVID highs, but the SPY still is not. That's another thing that's got me kind of scared for potential of anything right now as far as the longs go. Trying to get long right now. (laughs) Uh, yeah, yeah, but at the same time, these valuations are getting more in line of what your earnings per share should be. Right. What else you got? Revlon, the makeup manufacturer, is flirting with Chapter 11 bankruptcy. I should say they filed for <laughs> Chapter 11 bankruptcy. They, you know, they, they were having a tough time and filed for bankruptcy. Uh, or I should say they had a close encounter with bankruptcy in 2020, and their billionaire owner, Ron Perlman bailed them out. He said it wasn't, he didn't sell his yacht and house undervalued in any kind of duress, but the timing was suspicious. Right. So people are wondering if he's going to do it again or if he can do it again. His daughter's been running the company since 2018. They, uh, they've got, Revlon has 2.3 billion in assets and 3.7 billion in debts. Well, they didn't do his daughter any favors when she took over. It <laughs> doesn't sound like it. <laughs> no. Uh, the company expects to receive a $575 million loan from its current lenders to fund current opera- operations while it navigates bankruptcy. And of course, the, the company itself is like, we're doing great. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, let me read the quote from Deborah Perlman, the current CEO. Uh, Consumer demand for our products remains strong. People love our brands and we continue to have a healthy market position. But our challenging capital structure has limited our ability to navigate macroeconomic issues in order to meet this demand. So it sounds like supply chain stuff uh, and just bad management has led to them being unable to uh, sell product, which I'm, I'm sorry, if you're saying like there's a demand for a product and we just need more money to get it to people, that's to me, that's one of the worst things to hear in business. A quick look at the, uh, I mean, they've been beating expectations on their earnings, but uh, this last one was really bad. Negative 165 earnings per share. Yeah. 
Yeah, they post a lot of negative actual earnings, even if it looks green. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they estimated minus a dollar sixty-five. They reported a dollar fourteen. So it's like, oh, that's a fifty-one cent surprise. Yeah, but it's still negative. Yeah, <laughs> you're still losing money. <laughs> Are people liking the bankruptcy news? Because this stock has uh, been seeing a lot of buy volume since the fourteenth. So the bankruptcy news came out filed. The, the article came out. The 16th. I don't know when when they filed. Oh, so somebody knew something beforehand. Maybe. I do know that that uh, in, in 2020, uh, Citibank accidentally paid off Revlon, Revlon's other lenders, Citigroup. <laughs> and they, they were like, hey, can we get that $900 million we wired to you back? Right. Instead of the interest payment, we, we accidentally paid off the whole loan. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why it's going up on bankruptcy news because it was yeah it was down to a dollar dollar fifty and looked like it was going to end the week under two dollars and then it just shot up on friday with the market going down (laughs) i mean it looks like the i mean the there was a story that came out seven days ago by reuters that said that they were nearing their filing so it's not like it was unknown yeah I guess just the actual filing, people took that as either bullish or everyone's covering their shorts at this point, figuring that's good enough. Revlon does have some strong brands. So you got to figure either they navigate out of bankruptcy and they start really turning a profit again, or they get bought Mm -hmm. because they're just so cheap. Problem is anybody buying them has to take on all that debt. That's true. So maybe the bankruptcy is actually the next step in that process. Right. They bankrupt out the debt, then they get bought. Right. That uh, could be interesting. Uh, or or Citigroup just buys them. But their market cap is at $106 million, which is incredibly low. Right. For, for a, a multinational conglomerate makeup company. For somebody with half a billion in revenues, that seems kind of low. Yeah. As of November, in November, in November of last year, their market cap was more than a billion. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens with them, but I, I, they, they tagged a, a volume profile ledge and on the the wick of the candle. So I've, I'm definitely bearish on the company in bankruptcy. But hey, people made money on Hertz's bank of bankruptcy stock going up and down. So just not us. Just not us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got any other stocks? All right, now it's time to talk about some crypto. Talk about some crypto. I got some crypto in my wallet. All right, Dan, what do you got for us? Uh, crypto has crashed so hard that it might <laughs> it may no longer be profitable to mine Ethereum. Really? The cost of the electricity alone may be more than the value of the Ethereum that you would get for mining it. What's Ethereum at now? I know it was triple digits, but then I thought it spiked back up. About $1,000. Okay. Oof. Yeah, that's a big fall. It's down 70% in the past six months. Oh, that's uh, that's about where it's time to start buying it again, isn't it? Yeah, 
between 70 and 90 percent dip if it was a company that's what i'd be saying but <laughs> i'm still skeptical on the whole crypto thesis we we did just talk to to joseph hoag the certified financial analyst guy who was saying that he really does believe that the the blockchain provides value and while it's not like a equity company selling a product that it does have intrinsic value and that it's not going away mm -hmm. even even if it's things are are down at the moment yes so people who know better than me feel differently but <laughs> i'm still a skeptic. just because i don't understand it doesn't mean that uh doesn't have any value yeah right yeah yes like, yes like I, I still think that there's enough people that are interested mm -hmm. in it i think it's i think they bitcoin and ethereum have proven their staying power now the other coins that you know <laughs> surround it, uh, I stay away from most of those unless they're given to me by free or for free. <laughs> yeah, there, but there's uh, so there's actually a mining calculator. I guess you can go on minerstat.com uh -huh. and estimate your profits and losses. So if you're running a GeForce RTX 3090 and you've tuned it to hit a 130 millihashes per second hash rate, running at 320 watts power. Yeah, you're losing money every day. Hmm. So, like the the optimum setups to to mine efficiently, you generate. Uh, for, for example, on that, you'd be generating a dollar and eighty dollar eighty worth of Ethereum per day, and it would cost you two dollars a day just electricity. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. That's not. Uh, that's and not. With the math the, doesn't work there. With the luck factor that's in play with getting the actual Ethereum, right? It can it could really skew the results against you. I mean, it could skew them for you right. if, if you're lucky, but, you know. Uh, might as well buy a lottery ticket at that point. We have talked to crypto people before, and when mining goes mm -hmm. down, the supply goes down, and that brings the value up, right? You would think so. So now might be the best time to start buying some Ethereum. Yeah, hard to argue with that logic. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, if it's cost you more to mine it, to, more in electricity than you get from mining it, you're going to turn off all those mining things and the whole supply side is going to dry up. And there won't be any new Ethereum getting minted. And I don't know. I mean, Bitcoin's still sitting at 20,000. Ethereum's still at 1,000. Yeah, I don't know. It might have, it probably has more to go. Maybe, maybe worth taking a nibble. Yeah, I, I, I think I'll wait a little bit more. Did you have any crypto stories? Yeah, uh, Coinbase has gotten a little bit of hot water because they needed to lay off 1,100 employees. And they decided to do that by locking them out of their work emails before they even said anything to them. Like that's how the people found out they were getting laid off when they couldn't log into their work emails on Tuesday. Oh, classy Coinbase, real classy. 18% of the total workforce they laid off. Oh my God. Okay, so the reasoning they said this was because Armstrong, the CEO, actually wrote a blog post for this explaining why they took this action. And the reason was because, quote, uh, I realize the removal access will feel sudden and unexpected, and this is not the experience I wanted for you. Given the number of employees who have access to sensitive customer information, it was unfortunately the only practical choice to ensure not even a single person made a rash decision that harmed the business or themselves. Uh, so uh, we're dicking you over so hard. <laughs> we know you're going to dick us back. So <laughs> you're locked out. No, no, first of all, Sorry. like you, you, this means that you don't trust your workforce. Yes, right? that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's yeah. just a complete lack of trust in your workforce. When uh, I guess I kind of understand that when you're laying off 18% of them. But the other issue with that is why do 
1,100 people, or at least a large majority of them, have access to sensitive customer information. Yeah, that does seem like a lot of them, doesn't it? Yeah. Like, what about the other 5,000 workers they still have that are pissed off that their friends just got laid off in a really shitty move that you made? Right. Do they all have access to sensitive customer information, too? (laughs) Yeah, so, kind of shitty. It's all Matt Damon's fault. Everybody's blaming Matt. Uh, I mean, at the very least, he should be really embarrassed, right? <laughs> yes. At the very least. I mean, people hate him more than Johnny Depp. <laughs> well, you know, the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial was, you know, good scandalous content to watch from our living rooms, but people lost money on that crypto stuff. I know. Anyway, that's all I had for crypto. All right. Well... I mean, if you're done there, I guess I'll just reach. Ah! Running out of time, and I'm going to wait. I'd say my good this week is w- was watching watching my strategy play out, uh, being able to to look look at those levels and be able to have it on paper and be be a trading strategy that I could hand to like a ten year old and be like, mm-hmm. when it does this, do this. That 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 was my good because that was moving forward on you know, some really important stuff. Right. And then actually collecting, collecting that data. No, but now, you know, yeah. So now you shouldn't be tempted to take those setups anymore. Right. Well, no, what, it, what I found if, I mean, if you want to get into the nuts and bolts of it, sure. What, what I found was sometimes it takes three bad trades to hit that home run with those, with those levels and boxes. Yes. But the home run does come. So I have to sit down this weekend with my risk manager and figure out a plan that will work. Yes, exactly. You got to get the risk reward set up right so where you can be profitable with a 30% to 40% win rate. Where I can yeah, where I can take those three three losses, take those two to three losses before uh but you know, every time I would get stopped out two or three times like the next time it's it, boom, it it not only would didn't stop me out, but it, I mean, it goes the distance and then some like they, they're really powerful levels that I'm playing with on those four hour candlesticks. It's interesting. Yeah. You should look and see like our head fakes more common initially. And then like the more times it gets more times it head fakes, then it's more likely to happen. Like, yeah, there's all kinds of fun stuff yeah. that you can look at now, yeah, now that yeah. you have some data. Now that I got some data. Ah, excited for you. Uh, my good doesn't make any sense until I tell you my ugly. So, okay. Well, start with your ugly. I guess, well. Doesn't matter. All right. My ugly happened this morning, Friday. Now, it was the first trade of the morning, and I forgot to double check the order size before I clicked uh, my first trade of the day. Ah, So, I had a triple size trade that, of course, was stopped out and then just put me in a massive hole to start the day. Goddamn. Ah, man. Yeah. And then now the rest of the day, I'm trying to fight with myself over trying to get it back, quote unquote. And that's a really hard thing to overcome. But my good was that I had a plan and that I was able to stick to that plan, finish out the rest of the day, nearly break even. Would have been green if it wasn't for that, you know, first trade. But having an actual plan, still being able to stick to it, it kept me from doing anything really stupid. That was the reason why I felt comfortable continuing to trade, even after making that mistake, was that myself was taken out of the picture enough to where I could still execute my strategy without putting myself in at r- extra risk. Yeah. Well, awesome. Thank you. So what was your, what was your bad? Um, my, my bad, just uh, my bad is still, still just too emotionally attached. Like it's, it's way too easy for me to get upset at what's happening. Mm. 
Yeah. You know, I, I wouldn't, I didn't have anything I would say was, was like ugly, but like, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. And I don't even know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's just like my personal life. I'm too, I guess I should say, I don't, I don't have enough emotional walls because I'm worn down from shit I'm dealing with personally. <laughs> Probably. I I don't know, Dan. I, I still have trouble separating the emotion from it. I mean, it's gotten to the point where I've had to place a trade and walk away and just let the bracket do it. I'll come back and check, you know, in five minutes or so and see if I'm still in it. Yeah, I it's I get I get so fucking attached to that trade, and I don't want to be right. Yeah, <laughs> I don't, don't yeah. want to be. I want to not care, but I care <laughs> so much. Yeah, that's where I'm at. Like, and and I feel uh, like I'm just a broken record here on the good, bad, and the ugly. And that's that's I guess that if anything qualifies as my ugly, it would be that. And I, apologies to all you listeners that you keep hearing about the me having the same problems over and over again. Uh, but I feel like I should say something, but I don't know what to say. Am I not? Am I, I guess I'm not being a very good accountability buddy. In, in what in what way? Because I'm not growing. It's your fault. <laughs> I'll I'll take it. <laughs> we haven't really been. I don't feel like I've been there as much to help support you. Like it kind of feels like we've been diverging a little bit since I've been focusing more on futures with the and, the Leo and, and Flary collaboration. And I haven't been doing futures. No. Right. Yeah. I am. I am. Some days it does feel like I'm trading in a vacuum, but that's okay. I've been on the call and I'm still watching the futures levels. I I feel like it's me not showing up and being around enough to talk to you about things. Oh, okay. I'll take so, that. Maybe, maybe we'll both little, take some fault. Little from column A, little from column B. But first step is to acknowledge it. Whatever I can do to help, man, I'm, I'm here for you. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. All right. Well. Uh, I do have a bad. Uh, my bad has been missing trade setups. Um, been a few times this week, and I have been logging them, so that way I can still at least collect the data on it. But just simply not being ready when price hits an area I'm interested in. I'm not sitting there waiting to, to mark it in when I get my signal. Mm. And there's been a few times where I've missed, you know, a really profitable trade that would have, you know, printed 20 plus points just because I couldn't be bothered to, to sit ready and waiting like my job dictates I'm supposed to be when I'm the executor. Yeah. So, I mean, it saved me a couple of times too, but I'm pretty sure in the end, because I have a positive risk reward oh, yeah. and expectation and win rate and all the data suggests like, yeah, this is going to, this is just costing me money. Yeah. You can't afford to miss those. Especially not when my job is to stare at those charts for, you know, <laughs> four to four hours or so in the morning. Yeah. Yep. So that's something I've been working on. I uh, did much better this uh, ending the week, but uh, there's still still pops up here and there. Something something for us to work on next week, right? Exactly. <laughs> Got to identify the problem, like you said, in order to fix it or to work on it. You know, I might start uh, po- taping a note card to my monitor of like when we do the good, the bad, and the ugly of writing down my bad and ugly, have it on my monitor all week for trading and see if I can keep it in my mind to try and get myself, shame myself to do better. Shame yourself. <laughs> Should start with the refrain if you learned anything from Rich. <laughs> Make it something positive. Yes. If I can nimbly and agilely dodge my previous week's faults, then I will show growth. Right. It gives me the opportunity to grow. There we go. Yep. All right. It's time to to make a bet here. It is time to make a fucking bet. I need it, wanna beat it, gonna win it if I take it from you. I'm filling my positions, quit your bitch and random's gonna lose. 
a chart Full of levels and a stop That's not too tight It's bet, pick a time in the shop So pick them right Alright, I suppose I get to go first Yes, you do um, Do you get to make two since you didn't get a trade last week? I, th- I think I should uh, I get to retroactively <laughs> trade last week <laughs> No, I'm going to short the spy. No, uh, I really like the short on Ford. Oh, yeah? Yeah. They have been slipping. Their structure is decidedly bearish since, oh, I don't know, January when they were in the t- up to 24. Yeah. Since January, they've pulled back down there at 11.23. So they've got a greater than 50% drop in six months. Oof. Really getting beat up. Uh, stop losses and take profits. So I'm going going to my target is nine and a half. I think I think it it could do it in a week. We'll see. I'm gonna I'm gonna short and my stop is gonna be uh, eleven seventy five. My first take profit will be ten fifty, and then the second one will be nine seventy five. Two at nine seventy five. Yeah, gotcha. All right. Um, I just don't know what to pick, so I'm going to pull a random, and I'm just going to roll some numbers here. So I have a New York Stock Exchange public utilities, and it came up with SOLN, the Southern Company. Oh. And in true random fashion, I'm going to long this fucker. Oh. S O L N, the Southern Company. All right, Kyle is long the southern. Golly. I'm going to put my stop at 49.50 and okay. take profit at 54. Seems seems pretty solid. I mean, I know it's had a really bad couple of weeks. <laughs> I think yeah, I think going long here is the- If you're going to go long anything, um, public utility seems like a good idea. <laughs> Yeah, no, and it's, I mean, it's really, like, that $50 spot is... Yeah, that's a really strong support level. It's is the spot, right? Yeah. I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm looking, looking at this chart, like, look at the volume profile. You can't beat them, then join them. Yeah, yeah. If 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 50 fails, uh, you know, we, we got another 10% to slide before we get to the next big support. Exactly. Uh, yeah, okay. Wow, S O L N, I like it. All right. So what's our our other random? Yeah. Random also has a New York Stock Exchange and it's in the energy sector. It picked DK Del Delec US Holdings Inc. Oh yes, Delec US Holdings Inc. A petroleum refining and transportation company. I actually found something in a bullish pattern too, somehow. Good job, random. <laughs> it's in a bullish pattern, but man, look at that Friday sell off. Yeah. Oil got demolished on Friday, didn't it? It did. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. It did. Yeah, I mean that that is more than twice the average volume. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not gonna shed any tears for random making a bad decision. There you go. Yeah, fuck you, random. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thanks for sticking around to the ends, folks. We'll be back at you with those bet results. I am short and forward. Kyle is long S O L N. Random's got DK. Nice oil stock. Uh, we'll be back at you next week. But until then, happy trades. Goodbye. 
Two Bulls in a China Shop is an entertainment program, and all thoughts and opinions expressed in the show belong to the hosts and not of any company. They are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security or investment product. It is only intended to provide entertainment about stocks and the financial industry of trading. If you make trades based on what you hear in this show, you assume all risks for those trades.